Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. And congratulations on being the 13th caller in to 96.7. You have just won a $7 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. Wow. Wow. All you have to do is answer this one question. How are you going to spend your $7 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts, Kelly? I will be getting a, a maple donut and a spooky, scary iced coffee. I'm sorry. That was not the answer we were looking for. <laughs> Better luck next time. What was the answer? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. She's Kelly. Uh, hey, how are you doing, Kelly? I'm great. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm good. I'm feeling real zesty today. Are you? Are you yeah. feeling caffeinated? No, you haven't been drinking caffeine. Have you? Oh, no. Why are you trying to oust me <laughs> Sorry, on, just... on the airwaves? It's like not even... It's not I, even like we're on, like, this is private airways. This is going public after this. The world's going to know. I wasn't trying to. I just, the way, your silence was so loud. It was louder than any answer you could have given. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You could have lied and said no, and we could have just moved on and had a great time. Uh-huh. But now this shadow is going to be looming over this entire episode. The, the shadow of caffeine. Yeah, the shadow, the hedgehog of caffeine. <laughs> had to tie it into video games there in case we lose our audience yeah sorry audience <laughs> we already lost it when i made bad jokes at the opening of the episode are we yeah we'll just pretend that didn't happen yeah i liked it but you know hello everyone and welcome to another episode of talking games with kelly and andrew i'm andrew and i'm kelly uh this is the start of the episode yeah this is the start we didn't record two before this no and there's no way that you would know that it's not going to be in the episode at all right i i mean i mean uh hello everyone and welcome to another episode of talking games with kelly and andrew i'm andrew i'm kelly uh hey kelly First... ready to get uh do you want to uh with uh news? and i um uh yeah yeah let's hop right into the news you know right at the start of the show right after we hit record Right, just as we've begun. Right. So, Kelly, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Xbox Game Pass adding cloud gaming to consoles. We talked about this in the context of playing some next-gen games on prior-gen consoles. I guess I should say current-gen games on last-gen consoles, meaning that when a game comes exclusively to Series X, you're still able to stream it via Game Pass to your Xbox One. Uh, this was not the most defined news in the world, but we discussed it a little bit. And now it is confirmed that it is happening, and it is happening this holiday. Woo! It's neat. I mean, there's a couple Series X games that I'd like to try on this service to see how it goes, you know? Yeah. Because they've had cloud gaming for a little while. Like, you could stream to your, your phone and play games. But it seems kind of goofy that, like, that wasn't an option on consoles. Yeah, but this is a good thing. Yeah, if it if it functions really well, it means that like games like Starfield, I'll be able to play without having to get a new Xbox. You know. Yeah. So does this? Um... Well, never mind. Because you can you can do Game Pass on PC now. Never mind. I was gonna say it would be nice if you could do this on PC so that you could play Xbox ex exclusive games on the PC, but when I think about it, you can get Game Pass on the PC. So. Oh, yeah. 
This but is all but just... it's also nice if your PC is a little underpowered, because if you can, if they add this functionality in full to PC, like being able to stream games without the need for the hardware, if your PC is a little out of date, you can still play new games. Yeah, I'm excited. Very nice. I'm excited, but weary. You know, it's it's that's a there's a lot that is going to be needed for the infrastructure to work really well. I'm hoping that it works as well as a lot of the Game Pass. Like, Game Pass is a very functional service, so I'm hoping that this carries that with it. Yeah, it seems like one of those things that maybe they wouldn't be so confident about if it wasn't good. Right, and they're they're adding over 100 games with the launch of this, so whenever that happens this holiday, there's going to be plenty of games to test it with. Oh, yeah. And also, I wouldn't want to stream these to my phone because I think playing a full console release on your phone is kind of... It's a little silly. It's dumb. Yeah. I'm it's with a you little there. silly bo billy. Silly bo silly go billy. Cause you know what your your phone can't go the distance. Yeah. Much like no. Unlike Pokemon <laughs> Go, which distances have changed back to eighty <laughs> meters. Um after the, the backlash, you know. We talked about this maybe a few episodes ago. Um and they are still talking about this task force. Oh, the force uh, of tasks. Interesting. We have not actually heard anything from this task force about anything. So just that they're, it's all coming soon, all this information. I mean, at least they changed the distance back to the reasonable distance. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I feel like that is like the bare minimum. I mean, I is like... That- wailed like a banshee last time we talked about this and i said like come on guys it's just the toggle to switch it back to 80 meters do it and they did it because of us yeah and it's like did we need a task force to tell us this (laughs) probably not what else are they like i feel like they didn't need a task force all they had to do was change the distance back so what is the task force doing still yeah i would like to know inquiring minds would like to know I guess we'll know sooner rather than later because they said within the month and that would make it like, what, mid-September or something would be when results came? Yeah, just about. I don't just know. Just a boot. It's just a boot. Oh, no, this this is not a Canadian episode. <laughs> we do not want to confuse our audience into thinking that this is another Canadian episode. Yeah, that would not be good. No. Well, now it sounds a little aggressive. We like Canada. Well, <laughs> I feel like Kelly's silence speaks even louder than mine earlier. No, I like Canada. I like Celine Dion. I uh-huh. like maple syrup. I like Nova Scotia. Uh huh. I like. Do you like Toronto? I've actually never been to Toronto. Okay, good news, everybody. Kelly and Andrew are taking a, a trip to Toronto to record an episode. Ugh. Oh my gosh! <gasps> you know where we could go? Where? Um. Bioware is in Canada. Oh. I they might be in like Edmonton though. Well, I guess we're gonna take a whole Canadian road trip and hit Toronto and Edmonton and So that we can find out when Dragon Age Four is coming out. Yeah, because we certainly didn't find that out this week. That was honestly the I the only opportunity I could see for my Dragon Age my weekly Dragon Age Four mention. So I had to take it. That's fair because it's not. No, like, it was a bit of a. I know it was a bit of a reach. Well, it's not like it happened at Gamescom, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I'm sorry. It's fine. 
Well, I'm not even upset. We'll just have to. Oh. I'm not even upset. Um, audience, uh, we're going to take a quick break because uh, Kelly's <laughs> crying. And I mean, Kelly's having emotional. Uh, Kelly is very emotionally stable right now. And she's so emotionally stable, we need a break. Okay, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one did not sound like a cry. <laughs> okay, now, okay, now I'm fine. I uh, laughed, I cried. I had a great time. Well, now that you've cried, I think it's it's time to go go, go about your day a little bit more bravely. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, I might default to being brave. On your loans. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I won't default on my loans if we if we are loyal viewers. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a threatening way to ask people to contribute. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't even have a Patreon yet, but I really hope that when we do, people don't go back and find this and use it to exploit us and tell us we're bad people. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, speaking of defaulting on loans, Bravely Default 2, <laughs> the Nintendo Switch exclusive, has come to PC already. They announced that it was going to, and then immediately it was dropped for PC. This is a... Uh, not the most surprising thing in the world. Octopath Traveler was made by a lot of the same people at Square Enix, and that was also Nintendo Switch exclusive, and then it got shifted over to PC and then later other consoles. So it, it felt a little bit inevitable, but also this was so heavily marketed by Nintendo that feeling it feels strange that less than one year later it has lost its exclusivity. Like, it wasn't even a full year. Yeah. I wonder if maybe it was not like a decision that was like unanimous. It was one of those things that's like, okay, we just have to do this. Yeah, like maybe they were underwhelmed with the sales. Like they started to stagger after launch or something. Yeah. It's just a little disappointing because I, I mean, no, I mean, exclusives aren't a good thing inherently because more people being able to play a game is a good thing in my opinion. It just feels like when there's exclusives like this, typically the publisher or the console uh, the console manufacturer will push it a little harder and get at a bigger audience, which is, I, I feel like that's what kind of happened here. Bravely Default 2 got pushed a lot by Nintendo in like direct presentations and a lot of their tweets and whatnot, which probably got more eyes on it than it would have if it was just multi-platform and trying to be pushed by Square Enix. But I, I don't even know. It's hard to say because like, we only live in one world. We can't see what it would be like if it was multi-platform from the start. Yeah. There is no vision into the alternate universes of our world. That was so deep. Thank you. I was not really ready for that. I'm going to be completely honest. Sorry. Oh, my God. Sorry, my internet just was like, get off this web page. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, we can't do it anymore. I'm like, okay. I do have a, a quick funny story about the internet being mean to me. Um, last week we were talking about, or maybe two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Pokemon. And I mentioned Bidoof staring at me. Ugh. And Kelly was like, a Bidoof staring at me sounds kind of spooky. And um, yeah. so my thought was, you know what I'm going to do after this episode? I'm going to go to the, the Pokemon Center website, which is where you can buy a bunch of official merch, and I'm going to find a Bidoof, and, and I'm going to buy it and send it to Kelly. And <gasps> then uh, what happened was I clicked on the website, 
and a blank screen with blank te- or like plain text appeared in the middle that said, you have been blocked. <laughs> and uh, despite all of my best efforts, I was unable to access the Pokemon Center website. <laughs> it just kept saying you have been blocked. And then there was tiny text at the bottom that said that I was behaving like a bot. And I'm like, oh, wow. what, what did I do? Now I want to now I want to see Pokemon Center online. Oh yeah, it's freaking fine for me. Well, I guess that I am just not going to be able to get Kelly her Bidoof for Christmas. Big news for Piplup fans. There's Check. big Piplup. I was going to say that is big news. It's a big that's, well, that's, Piplup. That's what it says on the website. Big news for Piplup fans. How big, I'm is, looking... how big is the Piplup? He's pretty big. Hold on. Let me get a good look at the boy. <gasps> it's $350. Okay, but how big is it? 25.6 inches. That's not that big. 21.3 inches times 31 inches. That's not that big. 152 ounces. We expect to ship this item in April 2022. No. last. I disagree. We will not charge your card for this item until it ships. That's too much money. 31 inches. I mean, that's Wait, like 31. more than a foot. 31? That's almost three, Kelly. No. 36 is three feet. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, maybe Kelly is just bad at math as a gag for the show. And then I, and then I call 31 almost three feet. And you're like, Andrew, you're stupid. I know. My no was... Like way too confident for how wrong I was. No, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's not three feet, but it definitely is closer to three feet than it is to two. Yeah, big news for Piplup fans. Yeah, arriving as a jumbo plush, this version of the water type oh. first partner Pokemon from Sinnoh is here to join uh-huh. your home decor. If Pip if Piplup fits, Piplup sits. I have no idea when this is announced, but I'm pretty sure it's not news. Is I know. It- I'm sorry. I just it's so cute. It is Gengar. Oh, Kelly! This episode is just Kelly exploring the Pokemon Center website. Oh, I had fun. Oh, the Gengar mug is sold out. That's what I would wanted. Oh. And the Gengar earrings are eighty-five dollars. Uh huh. Well, maybe if people out. supported our Patreon, you'd actually be able to get it. I uh, <laughs> my ears aren't even pierced. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We were talking. We've been talking about Pokemon for. <laughs> this is all because Pokemon Center blocked me. True, yeah. And we just gave them all that free advertising. Yeah, don't shop at Pokemon Center. Well, don't I mean, you anyway. can, but don't do it because of us, because that would be free advertising. It's like a billion dollars for like a tiny little plushie. That's, yeah, that was a great, really confident sentence there. Thank you. Uh-huh. I, I really like the hand motion you did to indicate to me something. And again... Our audience cannot see your hands. I speak with my hands, so yes. it's hard for me to do a podcast that's audio only. Well, good news. Uh, when we get big and people actually support our Patreon, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to introduce a hand cam. Oh. So we're going to post a video alongside the podcast, but it's going to be just your hands, neither of our faces. Okay, that's great. Yeah. L- look Love- forward to the release of that on October 37th. 2029 yes also you know what else months get longer 
in 2025. Spoiler. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What else? We're up to 40 days. Yeah. What else? We're, what else? Um, in a totally unrelated piece of news, unless you wanted to talk more about Bravely Default. No. I feel like we, considering we moved from that to Pokemon for like a full 17 minutes, I would say, I think it's safe to move on. Yeah. Um, So Starfield, the creators of Starfield showed off three new locations in the game. Um, It's like three big cities. Uh, One is called Neon, which according to the, it used to be like a fishing town, but then they discovered a fish that had like psychotropic, uh, like psychedelic properties so um i think psychotropic means like not ingested but like smelled in the air i might be wrong but anyway so it became like a pleasure town where people are just like doing um hallucinogenic fish all the time (laughs) and then um there is new atlantis which you know it's kind of it's like the big city it's like the capital city it's like atlantis but new right exactly and then there's Aquila City, Aquila City, Aquila, I think it's Aquila, um, and it's like the, the freedom, the personal freedoms, brother. Um, it's where like the 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 uh, the Confederation. Uh, I don't know anything about the plot of this game, no. and they're like throwing cities out there. I'm like, I don't care about the cities. I want to hear about the plot. I I mean. So the the videos that they posted were basically just like moving concept art. They were not in-game renders, it appeared. No. So like they were very cool looking. Well, I didn't like the third one, Aquila. It just looked like Star Wars, like generic Star Wars yeah. desert. Yeah. Which isn't a problem for like a world or something in this game, but it's weird that that's one of that's like the in the set of the first things they've really shown of this game is a Star Wars rip-off thing. It looks like Tatooine. Yeah, because the architecture of the building and that is also like identical to what you see in Star Wars films. Yeah. Hmm. I would love to know more about this game. Um, this seems, beyond this so three weird. cities that are like, okay, like how is this relevant to like the plot and stuff though? You know what I mean? Like it would be different if they were like, and you're playing as this character and this is what you're doing, but it's not even, they're just like, here's three cities. Yeah, it's so weird. They've shown almost nothing of this game besides that original teaser trailer. Or this mm. the the teaser trailer at E3. And like I have no idea what this game's gonna be. So seeing three cities, I'm like, okay, what what about it? I might be feeling like maybe this game will maybe not come out anytime <laughs> soon. Cause that's only a year away. I mean, yeah. next November is like what, fourteen months from now? Who well, knows? Who knows? Bye you know, bye. You know who doesn't know? Who does not know? Toshihiro Nagoshi doesn't know. Are you okay? I. I burped. <laughs> it sounded and it sounded really loud, like to me. I didn't hear it. Okay, that's but, fine then. I, I saw your, we'll you of, look mega concerned. Well, I just, I don't want anybody to hear me burp. So we'll cut this out. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this will not be in the episode. Totally not in the episode. <laughs> so anyway, Toshihiro Nagoshi, um, he doesn't know about Starfield, so don't ask him. 
Don't ask him, okay? He doesn't know that about that stuff. No. Toshi he's, not a, he's not a field head like the rest of us. Ew. I don't like that name. Is that what they're called? Is that what? <laughs> no, I just made that up. <laughs> no, they're not called field heads. I would call them like star fans or star, 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 starfish, star, uh, travelers, star, star frontiermen. Toshihiro Nagoshi is a director at Sega. <laughs> he is the creator of Monkey Ball, as well as a uh, very similar franchise, Yakuza. <laughs> uh, I am a big fan of his for the exclusive purpose of looking at pictures of him through the years because he used to look like this cute little young developer who worked on Monkey Ball and like, he looked like he should make a monkey ball game and now he looks like he should make a yakuza game mm. he has his teeth like violently whitened that's the only way i can describe them oh wow it looks like Let me see. he's when you see his smile it's intense um and his hair he just he looks like he should be in the yakuza now which is funny because he makes the yakuza games but not for long Apparently, there are talks for him to leave Sega and join Chinese company NetEase. This is an up-and-coming uh, development studio in China. Its goal is to rival Tencent. I have lots of feelings. One, I'm disappointed that he's leaving Sega, potentially, because I love Monkey Ball and I really love Yakuza. He has made some series that I really think are valuable. But also, uh, I don't really like a company like NetEase poaching developers from really esteemed Japanese companies. It concerns me because I don't think that a development studio's exclusive goal should be to like attack a monopoly because I feel like inevitably it's probably going to become its own kind of monopoly in the process. Because it's starting by taking talent from other people instead of trying to build up its own talent and find new talent and stuff. Yeah. I think when you come out the gate and you're like, I want to do this, this, and this, and I want to rival this huge company that owns so many properties and, and holdings and like Genshin Impact and stuff, you it's like you, you couldn't... They don't want to like take the risk of investing in like new people and new talent and having to train them up or having them, you know, create mediocre products. They want somebody who is like proven and tested to do something um, that people like. So it's it's not necessarily surprising that they poached him, but I agree it's it's kind of it feels a little bit slimy. But and this is still a report, so it's not guaranteed, but like it's one of those reports where there's just so many facts and so much information behind it and there's no reason not to believe it. With the goals of NetEase, it makes sense that this this is something they would do. And to poach Japanese talent for their game studio, just that seems like the logical step for what they're trying to do. I just don't want another Tencent. I, I think having one Tencent is way too many. So if we have a second yeah. one, that's the second one would be very bad. Not good. But I, I will we'll see if this comes to light. Like, what comes to light from this? Uh, I will still love the Yakuza series, and I still will like Monkey Ball. I, I like Monkey Ball. 
More to come Love on. Monkey ball. More to come on that later. Love monkey ball. So, um, and a little bit of Overwatch news, which I know everybody's like, "Whoa, Overwatch! What are we going to talk about?" Um, so the <laughs> character, <laughs> there's a, not like a fun story. I know it's just like, oh wow, all the Overwatch. So the character in Overwatch named Jesse McCree was named after uh, who used to be a senior designer at Blizzard. Um, like literally, his name is Jesse McCree, and he is no longer with the company. Though it's unclear whether he was fired or if he left, he was probably strongly encouraged to leave because he was uh, he's a part of the entire lawsuit going on with the Activision and Blizzard. Um, we don't need to go into details because it's a little bit what's the word? It's a little bit gruesome. But he was a uh, a big player in the uh, in the uh, what's events. The in the events, yeah. He had a big part in it. Um, so they're changing the name of the character, but in something that is a little bit sad, maybe not a little bit sad, it's actually quite sad. Um, this isn't the first time they've had to change a character's name in a game because of a person in the company being a really bad person. Um, I'm really censoring myself here. They had to change the name of a character in World of Warcraft as well because he was also named after someone who was, uh, who took part in these events that led to this lawsuit. Um, as to whether I think the name change means anything, it's it's like probably like the smallest possible thing that Blizzard could do at this point, and I feel like it's kind of silly. It's kind of performative. I also think we should just stop naming game characters after people who work in the office because people can oftentimes be very disappointing and can oftentimes be quite evil in their hearts. So maybe we should just stop doing that, Blizzard. It's kind of weird that they like didn't learn the first time that this happened. And then they did it again. They were like, well, we'll just name this character after this guy. So... I think so that would be giving to assume that they would have that level of foresight would give Blizzard way more credit than they deserve. <laughs> it's just so dumb. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks for changing his name. Um, is anything else going to happen? Well, thanks for changing his name. Are you going to actually pay reparations to your employees and treat them with proper respect or acknowledge the situation properly or have Bobby Kotick fired? No. <laughs> Thank you for answering for them <laughs> because you know that's their answer. We will be doing We will be doing no such thing. <laughs> Just nothing. Um I think we've said it a few times and I will continue to say it. Uh screw Activision upper development, upper management, I mean. Uh yeah. they, they're gross. Bobby Kotick's a monster and this needs to be addressed. I don't like that they are just trying to do things to to push through this. They're announcing Call of Duty release dates. Now they're changing the name of this character to make it seem like they care, but that's they're not doing anything substantial yet. No. And it's annoying that we have to keep talking about this thing basically every week because their ignorance to the situation means that the news just won't end. Yep. So... Let's just get some whiplash in here and change the subject drastically. 
no fun transitions, just getting into the fun news after this. Uh, Monkey Ball had a new trailer. This is the collection that's coming to Switch soon. Oh, all consoles soon, what am I saying? But they announced at Gamescom, that's where the rest of this news for today's episode will be about, Gamescom. They announced that Morgana from Persona 5 will be joining Monkey Ball Mania. Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Woo! Uh, Jeff Keighley did say ahead of time that we should expect something shocking. I wasn't <laughs> shocked. I was happy, but like I was like, oh, that made actually a lot of sense. I was thinking so abstractly that I was like, I didn't think of this kind of obvious choice. I was shocked it wasn't Joker. Yeah, I guess. I saw the little like logo. I was like, oh, here they go again, putting him in another game. And like Morgana makes a lot more thematic sense. Yeah. But last week they announced Kiryu from Yakuza, <laughs> so I don't think thematic sense make matters much right now with their character selection. Also, the trailer had like cute persona music and Morgana's voice in it. And then I looked at the bottom and it said uh, voice and music not included in final game. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's like, so it's just They're a like, really quiet Morgana. I'm just going to be, which is really out of character. I know. That's why it was funny. If it was Joker, it would make sense for him to be quiet. Yeah. But they picked the loudest character. <laughs> oh, but this, is, this is fun. It's going to be Banana Mania. I am I am quite excited for Monkey Ball fans. I don't think I'll be picking this one up on day one, but I'm planning to get it someday. And knowing that Morgana will be waiting for me makes it all the more exciting. Yeah, I will definitely also going to be sorry. I'm also going to be waiting, <laughs> um, but I'm still excited. I think it'll be fun to play with friends. Yeah. So bringing back all those multiplayer modes from the GameCube era. It's a good idea. Yes. Um, so some other news that we learned at Game Com- Gamescom was that the next Horizon game, Horizon Forbidden West, um, it has been delayed to February 18th, 2022. Um, but then they announced that Horizon Zero Dawn is getting a 60 FPS upgrade, uh, which is fine. But I'm also kind of like not super surprised that it was delayed. I don't know. Were you shocked by this news? Uh, So we had reports going in that this was going to happen. What really surprised me was that they made this appearance at Gamescom and they were like, hello, fans. Thank you for being loyal. Um, Remember that trailer we showed you a while ago? Yeah, wasn't that great? Uh, We have nothing to show you today. (laughs) Also, our game's not coming out when we said it would. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I was like, why were you at Gamescom? Why was this not a press release? Yeah, it was very much like a waste of everybody's time. I was very prepared for a a new trailer, and then it just didn't... That's not what this was. Yeah. It was such a... I mean, Gamescom in general was a pretty weird show this year. but, But that especially really threw me for quite the loop. Yeah, it was a little bit... I don't want to say like disappointing, but it was kind of like, what was the point of all this? I don't get it. There's just like so many game shows nowadays. It's kind of like, this is stuff that we have been seeing for like the entire year and a lot of last year too. So it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, maybe we don't have to see certain things two years out if they're not going to be ready. Maybe we should just see them closer to the release date. Yeah. It was also weird because like this was shown in the PS5 announcement showcase. 
and it's not a PS5 exclusive. And everything about this is just kind of odd. But yeah, odd is a good word for it. February is pretty soon. It's not a huge delay. Like if it came out in November versus February, that's not gigantic. And right. I'm not particularly thrilled for this game. I'll play it probably, but I'm not like bouncing up and down in my chair. It would She's also, also going to be in Genshin Impact now. Did you see? Oh yeah, I saw the cute little trailer. <laughs> I, she, cute. She's getting put in everything. She's in Fortnite too. Fork knife. Fork knife. With um, Thanos and Ariana Grande. Yeah. Precisely. Will Smith's in Fortnite. Will Smith is in my brain. As always. Okay. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> no, I just remembered that I didn't put that in the news sheet, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was announced today, but I don't think we need to announce every Fortnite edition in every episode, but Probably also not. you brought up Fortnite, so I was like, well, I guess this is a good opportunity to mention that Will Smith is in it. Fortnite. Uh, do you want to know what Will Smith isn't in? Uh, yeah. Doke V. Yeah. <laughs> Doke yeah. V was a game shown off. It is a uh, Korean-made game by the same people who made... Black Desert Online? Yeah, I lost. I clicked wrong and the article went away. And I accidentally deleted the link. Um, Oopsie. But, yeah. Doke V is the new game from the creators of Black Desert Online, as Kelly reminded me. Uh... Graphically, this game is pretty freaking wild. I was like in awe of this trailer at the number of effects going on. I was losing frames. My my computer could not keep up with yeah, all I don't, the particles. I have no idea how this game is going to run on anything. Like even on next gen consoles and high end PCs, this thing looks ridiculous. I was also confused because <laughs> this trailer just kept going and going and going and going. <laughs> Like Jeff Keighley, go ahead. Yeah, it was. It was like there was a part where I was like, okay, I kind of feel like I know what's going on, and then the character had like a like a magical girl transformation into like a pop star, and I was like, okay, maybe I don't know what's going on with this game. And then there was like a big like robot, and I was like, okay, maybe I know. And then there was like a trash bag, and then <laughs> I was like, mm, don't think I know anymore. Just a lot of ups and downs emotionally. I'm unclear exactly what this game is. They called it like creature collection, so I assumed it was gonna be Pokemon esque. Me and as then well. I I watched some gameplay and it kinda looked like the first Nino Kuni game where you like capture the these creatures and then they can fight next to you, but you're still the one fighting. The trailer was wild and it's honestly hard to tell exactly what was going on. I'm yeah. I'm really interested. Like I wanna see this game actually running on a console and see what happens. I was interested until I heard it was an MMO RPG, and then I was like, mm. "I didn't know that. I yeah. missed that. That that changes things a lot." Yeah, and I know I was that. Like, oh, okay. I know Black Desert Online was an MMO, but I assumed this was like a single player thing based on the show, because it didn't look like there were any other players around the character. That was kind of misleading. Yeah. Come on, Pearl Abyss, you misled me. Come on, Pearl Abyss, get it together. Well, I hope get it together. I hope it's free then. Yeah. Because I would love to just try this thing because of how insane well, it looks. 
Black Desert Online is free, isn't it? Yeah, but these days I hardly ever use precedent because who knows? They like money. That's true. Um, The creators of Halo also really like money. Yeah. Which is why they were like, Halo Infinite's (laughs) coming out on December 8th. Um, And they released a trailer. It was a cinematic multiplayer trailer. Yes. Because the game is releasing with the campaign, the solo campaign, and multiplayer, but not Forge and not co-op multiplayer. Right. They also didn't so much say this game's coming out December eighth, so much as they said, "This game is coming out December 8th. Yeah, they were like, "We'll see you guys on December 8th. It was and tiny text at the bottom, and yeah, that was they were very it. Much, yeah, and then they were like, "But get this." Really cool controller coming out. It looks like Master Chief, you guys. And then they were like, but wait, there's more. Because it's Halo's like 25th <laughs> or 20th anniversary. I think it's 20th. 20th. 20th? Okay. I think we're older than Halo. That's how I know. Oh, yeah, you're right. They were like, oh, there's also going to be an Xbox Series X Halo 20th uh, birthday edition. Um, but it's a different controller. And like, why didn't they do the Master <laughs> Chief controller with the... Because it's, it's an Xbox controller. Well, I can so, answer that. They want to sell you the one that comes with the console and the controller itself. Yeah. I also felt like the console was kind of, ugly. how you say, ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also sort of felt like we had the rug pulled out from under us because they were like, that's all, bye. That was so strange. This was one of the weirdest, like this show was so weird between the horizon thing where they like popped up on screen, showed some horizon footage and then said, okay, that's all. And it wasn't new. And then they just said the release date. And then with this Halo thing, they started with a cinematic multiplayer trailer, which was like a cool way to start. People have played the multiplayer. We don't need to see more gameplay footage. So a cinematic trailer is interesting. And then they said, okay, we have one more thing. And it was a controller. And I'm like, okay. And then they said, okay, we have one more thing. And I'm like, oh, perfect. This is the campaign because we've seen like nothing of the campaign. This is perfect timing to see the campaign. And they were like, no, it's just a special edition console. No, sorry. And I was like, oh. Uh, oh. Oh. We need to see the campaign. Like, It's supposed to be out on December 8th. That's almost weirder than a week ago when we said it was weird that we hadn't heard the release date. Yeah. Knowing the release date and not seeing the game. You know what? Let's just let's just let's just let's just pray. Let's just pray and pretend. Yeah. We'll just say, you know what? I bet it's going to be really good, and that's why we haven't seen anything. Is they're just really <laughs> under wraps from us. They really they don't want any spoilers, so they're like, we're not showing anything. You're just gonna get the game when it happens, okay? Which is which would be cool, but I am not so sure that's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure myself. I was gonna say we'll know soon, but I still firmly believe this game's gonna get delayed. <laughs> we yeah, we may not actually know soon. It's free guys, for December Game Pass. 8th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the multiplayer will definitely come out December 8th at the least. Yeah. But that's free. Like, woo. Woo. But that means that Microsoft might not have anything on the shelves this holiday <laughs> after last year where they had nothing on the shelves. Well, yeah. They have the Xbox, the, the Halo one without Halo on it. <laughs> like, uh, enjoy your Halo Xbox, I guess. <laughs> Uh, well, after that, they closed out the show with um, 
I'm lying. They didn't actually close out the show say, with us. I don't no. think that's what they closed. I was out. misremembering the order of things happening. They actually did not close the show with this, but this is the last thing we're going to discuss because it, it is arguably the biggest news that was in it. Um, they showed off the Saints Row reboot. It was announced with a February 25th release date. There was an extensive cinematic trailer followed by a very teeny gameplay trailer. Uh, it appears to be a little wacky, but I but I emphasize a little wacky because uh, there were, the last game that they released involved a lot of space and aliens and, yes. and flying. You know what? I actually I have to make a correction. Yeah. Because I, in the last episode, I said that Saints Row Three was like really wacky and goofy, and it was like a parody. That was Saints Row Four. Oh. That's when you're the president. Saints Row Three is 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 different. But it's also still really wacky. Still right? pretty wacky, but it's not quite at Four's level. Four is like on another. Right. Like Four isn't even like it, there's like like what's the story? It's like it's so silly. You're the president, but, and you have to fight aliens, right? Right, but that was my mistake. I thought that was three for whatever reason. Right. Well, it does. It is confusing that the progression went from Saints Row Two being kind of like a well-received Grand Theft Auto clone to Saints Row Three being kind of wacky, and Saints Row Four being completely off the wall. You're the president. You're fighting aliens. Nonsense story. And now they're rebooting it, and it's kind of a GTA clone again. Yeah. What did you think of this trailer? I thought the cinematic was a little overbearing, but like, okay. And then the gameplay, I have very little to say because it was very little to see. My thing is that the gaming industry has an obsession with reboots and bringing things back. If this was just a new open world, like, IP, I think it would have gotten more well-received. Maybe not sold quite as well, but like... It would have had a much fresher slate going in than rebooting Saints Row into something that a lot of people don't think looks like Saints Row. To that point, I will say I do get kind of annoyed with gamers. <laughs> Hashtag gamers. Gamers. Because I feel like people are like, this this doesn't look like Saints Row at all. This is like way too serious for Saints Row or like this isn't goofy enough for Saints Row. Saints Row has never had like a cohesive theming. Like in the second game and in the first game, especially in the first game, you're like the leader of a gang. You're doing like gang stuff. Yeah. You're not beating people with a giant purple. Suggestive object. Adult massager. Um, (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) You know what I mean? That doesn't happen until the third game and then it gets really wacky. So I feel like a game that kind of tries to balance those two elements is all was always going to be like, this isn't Saints Row enough, or this is like, you know, I feel like people were always going to like, because people have a perception of Saints Row in their head. Yeah. Um, where, like I said, I feel like the series has no like cohesive theming because all four games are quite different. Yeah. Even three and four are quite different. Three yeah. still has semblance of a, like a story, like a story, whereas four, you're just like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> This is stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like. I hope you made like, that voice the whole time. <laughs> like, that's not like my favorite type of game or my favorite. I like story games, you know. But I don't know. I feel like people maybe should give it a chance. And then people were complaining about like the early teasers of the plot. It's like, oh, they're like a bunch of young kids and they're just trying to make it in this world and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, ugh. 
what is this SJW stuff? And it's like, oh, it's like, what are you? And it's like, what are you guys even talking about? This is literally what in the first. This is literally the same exact thing that Saints for One is. You're like a kid and you're down on your luck and you're trying to make it in the world. It's like literally the exact same thing. It's just people just want to be mad about stuff. That's you know? so peculiar. Like, I know they it think it's it didn't because even feel they like were. It. Go ahead. No, it's because they were like referred to as millennials in the like the teaser, like oh. the press teaser, and people were like, "Oh, this is like SJW stuff about how nobody can, you know, blah." blah. Like it was just dumb. It was. Is dumb. it just SJW because there's women in the trailer? Perhaps, and and I don't know. Truly, I don't know. Anything these days is these, at risk. These days, <laughs> anything that ever happens. Somebody will criticize it for being too socially aware or too politically correct or not politically correct enough or not socially aware enough. It's I, exhausting. I really hope somebody calls us SJW scum someday. That will make me feel like super yeah. important and validated. You know, it has happened to me on the internet, but never in podcast format. Yeah. Like, do it, guys. Call us SJW scum if you please, think we are. Please. It will make me feel validated that we are <laughs> we are reaching the audience because then I'll know we're actually getting to gamers. Gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you <laughs> if you reach the gamer masses, somebody's gonna call you an SJW. As they should. Yeah. Do you know who my favorite SJW is? Whom? Uh Willem Dafoe. Yeah. That's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I was trying uh, to think of like a funny uh, SJ, like, um, SJ Willem for Defoe. SJW. Yeah, SJ Sexy Juice. <laughs> no, 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 no. What did you just say? I said juiced. Yeah. Oh. Uh, like he's jacked. Oh. I, heard, I did not hear the D, so I thought you called him Sexy Juice. And I was like, what's a Sexy Juice? Sexy Juice Defoe. <laughs> Sorry, I like Willem Dafoe. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> is he buff right now? No. He's okay. scary. Yeah, I was going to say the last goblin. time I saw him was in Lighthouse, and he Ugh. did not look very good in that movie. He's so scary in that movie. This is not a movie podcast, but my goodness, he was gross in that movie. Yeah. Hashtag my green goblin. That's my green goblin. <laughs> Anyway, uh, sorry, Willem Dafoe. So uh, let's jump out of the news and talk about what we've been playing this week. It is related to Willem Dafoe. That was not a completely random tangent, just a sort of <laughs> random tangent. Um, I played a game called 12 Minutes. We've talked about it on the podcast before. They've been shown off a little bit. And um, it stars Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley. The basic concept of the game is that you are stuck as James McAvoy's character in a 12-minute loop, and you have to solve the mystery of what's going on as a cop, played by Willem Dafoe, breaks into your home and accuses your wife, Daisy Ridley, of murdering her father. Uh, to avoid plot spoilers, I will not tell you anymore, because all that information you find out in your first 12-minute loop, but I played through all of it. So I actually get to review a game start to finish this week. Shockingly. Um, it is only a few hours long, so it's not crazy. It is longer than 12 minutes. So be warned. If you expect a 12-minute game, you will be disappointed. <laughs> uh, the, the very misleading title, I'm returning this immediately. Yes. I mean, I didn't pay for it, but I'm going to return it. Because it's on Game right. Pass, but I'm returning it. Uh, I 
wanted to love this game. I was very excited for it. Story-heavy game, mystery, adventure game, amazing cast. Uh, the performances in the game were kind of okay. Willem Dafoe killed it, because I don't think he can't kill it. I think that's just his default state. Um, oh, yeah. And I thought Daisy Ridley was pretty generic, as was James McAvoy. And James McAvoy's performance was brought down quite a bit by, like, th some thematic problems. Like, the character will react to the loop happening. He'll be like, oh, no, I'm looping. Um, I'm looping. <laughs> it's like Looper. It's like Directed Looper. Directed by Ryan Johnson. <gasps> I've never seen Looper, but. That's a good movie. Maybe I'll go watch it. Okay. Go ahead, then. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. I won't. I'll <laughs> tell you the next, the rest of my opinions when I get back. Um, but it was. Uh, There's just some issues. Like, it almost felt like a glitch where something like really extreme or like plot revelatory could happen, and then it would cut to the loop, and he'd be like, "Oh, here we go again." And I'm like, "That's the exact line <laughs> you've said like seven times." <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> It, and okay, it's, here we it's, go again. It's just annoying because it'll be like after a major revelation, you know? Oh, right. Here we go again. I'm like, yeah. Uh, and it's like really hard to repeat things. Like, to trigger certain events, you have to go through like a minute or two of content, which isn't a problem the first couple times. But like, if you mess it up just a little bit, you have to go all the way back and then like skip through that. And there's no way to quickly skip through things. So you have to like mash the button to get through dialogue you've already heard 12 times. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. And it, like a lot of the solutions are really obtuse. I I will be f completely honest here. I had to look a couple things up and then I got to a point where I couldn't progress. And I was like, okay, I have all of the stuff I need. I, f I followed a guide for this one thing. So I know I'm in the right place. So what's going on? And I looked it up and I was just asking my wife questions in the wrong order. Oh, that's dumb. Right. And it was like half the time she would just be like, I'm leaving and walk out. And I'm like, I ruined the loop. I have to start over. Um, it's It also, I read a Kotaku article, which made me chuckle because it was talking about the fact that a couple weeks ago, there was this game called Boyfriend Dungeon that came out. Yes. Yeah. And like it got, there was a whole internet debacle because they put a trigger warning at the beginning about like stalking and violence and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they got a lot of backlash for the trigger warning not being good enough. So, like, the developers step back and they're like, whoa, we're really sorry. Like, we fixed it. Which, like, say what you will about maybe, like, some overreaction happening. But, like, they 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 cater to their audience. They wanted to make sure people had an okay time. Um, mild spoilers. This game involves drugging your wife multiple times and uh, potentially committing some heinous acts of violence. And there is not a trigger warning on this. And I just, I saw that on Kotaku and I thought it was very amusing because it is very true. This game has some messed up stuff in it. Yeah. Especially some of like the late plot. It gets pretty, pretty messy. I won't say anything, but I recommend this game if you have Game Pass. It is a free game on there, so you get to enjoy it. And if you're not having a ton of fun, you could do what I do, did, and um, uh, watch the last 30 minutes because it's too difficult to get the loops to happen properly. Ugh, that's so annoying. 
Yeah, and I was, I was quite disappointed in the ending. I can't explain why without telling spoilers, so I won't. But I was very disappointed. This game did just leave me generally disappointed because I was super excited for it because the cast sounded incredible. It looked really cool in all the trailers, and Annapurna generally puts out really interesting stories. And also, Kojima tweeted about this game being like, "This is the most I've been enthralled in by a game since Inside," and I was like, "Whoa." That's a that's a high bar. And oh, I'm sorry, Kojima, but you're no, <laughs> really. He's just he's just he's got weird tastes, you know. He just wants to like hang out and chill. I think he just probably likes Willem Dafoe like that much. Ugh. Me too. So at l- Willem Dafoe killed it. If you have Game Pass, for sure try it because it is an interesting concept. And the early game is really satisfying. Like the adventure game solutions are really satisfying. Um. And it's not a bad game. It's a little buggy. The plot's a little a little messy. And it can get frustrating. But if it's free and you go into it like with a really unfrustrated mindset, if you're ready to like be ready for some weird puzzles and some obtuse solutions, you'll probably have a good time. Or you could just watch it if you just want the plot without the issues. Um also if you have a PC it will be better on there because clicking around is kind of annoying on console. You just have to use the stick to move your cursor around. So definitely better on PC. I did not play it on there. I just know it would be. Anyway, I played one more game this week. I have much less to say about this one. Uh, So I played Tetris Effect on my Oculus Quest 2 in VR. I have actually played this game before. I have it on PlayStation. I love it. I love Tetris, and this is a really cool and fun way to play it. It is insanely visually cool. They have so many interesting uh, visual gimmicks and a couple interesting mechanics as well. But I didn't play it in VR until this week. And if you do have the privilege of having access to VR, this is a must play. It was visually incredible. The particles just make my eyes like water. Some might say cry, but I wouldn't. Oh, wow. um, I would, yeah, I would. That's SJW stuff. Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't cry here at Talking Game. No. Well, I just remember that we had a whole segment where you were crying earlier in the show. <laughs> well, <Oops>. I cry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's different. It's different. Right. I don't even remember why you cried. Was it Dragon Age? It was probably Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was one level where there's like a bunch of particle effecty human beings like bowing to the to the center of the tetris board as you're playing and they get faster and faster as the game gets faster and they're like chanting and i'm gonna be honest it was it was it was spooky but it was also like it intensified the tetris game a lot and there's so much like there's so many beautiful levels with really nice music again if you have access to vr you really really should look into playing this game it was not that expensive so it was well worth the experience in my opinion and one of my favorite vr experiences even if it was just tetris mm-hmm. so that's what i played this week how about you kelly so i've been playing a game it's called road 96 it just came out um it was let me look it up. I think it was like funded by patrons. Oh, that's cool. It's sort of like a yeah. It came out on the sixteenth of August. It's it's like a build your own adventure, 
kind of game. Um, so what it is is that you play a character and your whole goal is to get across the border. It's set in like a fictionalized America, so it's not quite, you know, it's, it's, it's and I'll get to this a little bit later, the messaging is a little bit, is a little bit heavy-handed, but um, it's available on Switch and it's available on Steam. I played the Switch version. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the story is very interesting because there's a mechanic that allows you to, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's a mechanic that allows you to, if one character fails, you just pick up from another character. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so there's not really a game over. You just pick up from another character and you kind of, you meet the same characters but in different contexts. So you learn more and more about them with each iteration of your journey. Um, So like for instance, my first character, she was like a young girl. And I started off with this one character who was also another another young girl. And then like hitchhiked whatever, met this trucker, hitchhiked some more, whatever, got caught. Um, So I picked up from where I left off as like a, a young male character. And, you know, hitchhiked, met that same first girl. There were some mentions of the first character. It's really cool how they incorporate the different like lines, like the different characters. And it's really cool how each, you're kind of encouraged to, like you can't get the perfect run the first time. Um, it's it's hard to explain. I don't want to call it a roguelike, but it's almost like a roguelike role-playing game. Like That's such an interesting kind of, concept. Yeah, so you, sorry. So you kind of like have to fail to like get the full story. Um, I felt like the soundtrack was really good. I feel like the characters were really, really interesting. There's one character I really like. Um, it's sort of set in the 90s, so it's like a lot of like nostalgia, like, oh, there's tape recorders and you know, blah, blah, blah. I played it on Switch, and I will say I feel like the performance was not very good. Um, it's a stylized game, so it's, it's not really pixelated, but it's like cell, sh- I don't know, I don't even know if it's cell shaded, but like, it's like, like very simply. Voxely. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not hyper realistic. Um, it's it's very like stylized, almost animated in a way. Um, but there was a lot of like frame dropping, and I do think that was because of the switch. If I had it on PC, I don't think that would happen. Um, and I also felt like the the Joy Cons that I was using to control it were really laggy. Um, mm. So when you were saying like twelve minutes was better on PC, I feel the exact same way about this game. Like I feel like I wouldn't have that input lag. Yeah. On PC. So if you do end up wanting to play this game, I would definitely recommend if you have the PC. It's it doesn't seem like a super intense game um, in terms of like performance, so you could probably get it on any old PC. Um, and then finally, I like I said earlier, the messaging is a little heavy-handed. Um, it's very overt. There's like a presidential election going on at the same time, and the one president's he's like super authoritarian and. The other one is, and, and your character can be sort of like a proto-anarchist or like a, you know, like, you know, the election will save us or like, I'm just trying to get out of here. Um, so messaging, very heavy-handed. I mean, the entire plot is you trying to cross the border and it's really, really difficult. So, but overall, I think it's a good game. It wasn't super expensive. I think it was like 20 bucks um, and there's a lot of like, Obviously, like I said, it's not even replayability. I, I played the game for like five hours. Um, 
So I feel like I got more than my money's worth already. And I'm not done. I mean, there's still a lot that I want to explore with the game. So I recommend it, especially on PC, not so much on Switch. Are there like defined endings? Like, is there an ending to this game that you have to earn? Or is it kind of like a roguelike where it... I do think there's an ending because in the title screen, if you pick continue, there's like episodes. Oh, okay. So I do think that there is like a definitive ending. And I think maybe the game ends if you get your character across the border. I got really, really close on one playthrough and it did not happen. So I just remember in marketing for this game that it said like a hundred. Let me pull it up. It was like 150,000 something. Oh, here it is. 148,268 roots. Yeah. It. I mean, it's wow. intense. Like, I don't know at what point it starts to become repetitive, but you kind of see with each route or route, um, you kind of see how much you've progressed with a certain character. Like, there's, like, a trucker character. His name's John, I think. And my first playthrough, I only got, like, 18% to know him. Like, 18% of oh, his okay. story. But then on my third character now, I've got like 48% of his story. It carries over them. Yeah. So you kind of, and like I said, they t- sometimes they reference like a character that you played before and you're like, yeah, I took a kid just like you here. And you're like, that was me. <laughs> that was me in a different life. Um, but, you know, I think it's a really cool game and I really like the concept and, you know, it's it's very choice-based, which is like, you know, that's my, that's my jam. So like I said, I would recommend it. To anybody who likes to have fun. <laughs> <sighs> I think that does it for this episode. I think it does. That it do. Well, you know what they say. No. Thanks again, caller, for tuning in to 96.7. We hope you enjoy your Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Thanks. I will enjoy my maple fritter. Wrong answer. No gift card for you, Kelly. (laughs) Make sure you tune in next week to 96.7. Call. Please. Please call. You're so lonely. (laughs) (laughs) It took four weeks for us to get our first 13 callers. Please. Please. I should have probably tuned in to 96.7 FM on my way home to make sure I'm not advertising some, like... Well, I guess it's a, if it's on FM radio, it's probably nothing, like, problematic, right? Sure. Certainly no talk shows. All right, time to go to Google.com and look up <laughs> 96.7 FM, Ohio. O-H. Let's see. I-O. Classic Hits 96.7, Mornings with Keith and Dawn. Oh, wow. That's probably... We're coming... Keith? Dawn? We're coming to dethrone you. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry. That was a little serious. I don't know that our, our uh, video game talk show would quite mesh as well <laughs> with the audience of Classic Hits. You don't think? WBVI 96.7. Yeah, maybe not. So I don't even know if this is Ohio. I didn't look very hard. Oh, H. They're in Toledo. Oh, God. Toledo. So if anybody listening right now in Toledo. Holy Toledo. Toledo. (laughs) 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 
Anyway, anybody listening in Toledo right now, please let us know if you turn into 96.7, if you hear somebody who sounds a little bit like me, and if they're giving away Dunkin' Donuts gift cards if you're the 13th caller. <laughs> I could use a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. I could use a Dunkin' Donut. A little behind-the-scenes knowledge for you. Uh, when I have my headphones on and I do fun voices like that, I can't tell if I'm doing them right because I can't hear I myself. I think, I think it sounded good. I mean, Thanks. pretty convincing. This time I, I took off one of my headphones and plugged an ear because that's the best way to hear your own voice. Oh, wow. And I thought it sounded good, but I don't know how it sounded at the beginning. I guess I'll find out later when I listen to our own show, which is all I do. <laughs> I actually uh, listen to the, our podcast for 40 hours a week to make sure I really absorb all the content. Yeah, just like a full work week, 9 to 5. Yeah, but I work a 9 to 5, so therefore I listen to it from... 5 p.m. until uh, 1 a.m. every day. Just normal stuff. Yeah. And and I listen and do nothing else. Right. As I hope that you do next week when you tune back in to Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.